here it's alcohol awareness week this week um today we're joined by two amazing people here it's a pleasure to have you um again we've got the lead commissioner for our, for the drug and alcohol service here mark aspie hiya how you doing and we're also here with john from dear albert um dear albert run um some of the drug and alcohol services in leicester leicester and rutland and further out to field um and the main thing that you, you guys are doing is supporting addictive behaviours and supporting people in recovery. Um, so my first question here is going to be like, what do you guys feel the biggest issue is with drug and alcohol in Leicester, Leicester and Rutland? Oh gosh. I mean, there's a list, isn't there? But um, I mean, obviously you've got issues that people are facing. I mean, from, from my point of view, you know, one of the issues uh, is um, making sure services are there for people and are able to, to welcome people into services. Um, because we know there's, there's loads of people out there, uh, despite the brilliant work that all services are doing, Turning Point and Dear Albert, there's loads of people out there that unfortunately aren't you know, getting the message or aren't aware of the services and aren't in touch with services. Uh, and you know, it, it's for me, I, to, be, you know, to, to look at how we can um, get more people into services, make pe more people aware of them, and make sure services are right for people, tailored to their, to their needs. And I know that's a big challenge for the services because they've got limited capacity, uh, but, uh, and staff are all working very, very hard, uh, so it is a big ask. But for me, you know, that, that's the biggest sort of challenge, is, is, is getting, getting as many people as possible in services, and, and the right services as well. And not just in and out, but also, you know, looking at the different roles that services play. So Tony Point and Dear Albert play different roles in the system. And the recovery community, not so much a service, it's a, it's a way of life, it's a community, isn't it? But that has to be supported as well. Uh, mm. Obviously Dear Albert are very much part of that. And that's, that's the pleasure of having you both here. We have the guy who, Mark yourself, who makes the calls and where some of the finance is available and what services can be provided. We've also got John. I think Dear Albert itself has a story. It has a great story for people's recovery as well. I think, John, over here, you, you, you was once Albert, wasn't you? Well, I think for us, um, on that point, Yilesh, it's about, yeah, sometimes the beginning of um, someone's... Um, recovery journey, if you like, um, starts with being able to tell the story, really, and um, just start um, understanding things from a, a different perspective, to come out of that sort of negative circling the plug hole loop and um, to start seeing things how, how, how they really are, to start um, putting their, what we might call a, a using career, into um, perspective. So yes, it's very important uh, from our point of view that um, you know people are encouraged to start telling their story because we often see that as the, as the beginning of someone's um, recovery journey. And um, you know, our, our Albert was someone who, who used to use, and uh, we, we see lots of Alberts uh, every day. And um, you know, it's it's it's, it's a big problem. I, I think um, to go back to your original question, one of the things, um, the, the, the challenges, or one of the big things at the moment, is actually uh, working to the limitations of COVID, 
um, completely um, would agree with Mark in terms of we want to get people into treatment, but what does that look like and how do we do that uh, with the restrictions in place? Um, you know, it's really had a, a big effect on the stairway project, for example. You know, it's not so um, easy flowing. People can't just necessarily just drop in when they want and go when they want. You know, there's restrictions on movement. There's, you know, COVID protocol and, you know, you'd have all seen this morning, you know, you have to come in with your, wash your hands and sign in the track and trace. So um, it's working at the moment, one of the challenges is working to the limitations um, imposed by the, 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 the sort of uh, response we've all had to participate in regarding uh, COVID. So, so with, with, the, with it being Alcohol Awareness Week again, it's like, how are we managing Alcohol Awareness Week with it, with it being COVID and having all these restrictions in place? Well, yes, I think um, Alcohol Awareness Week is an important sort of um, date in the calendar. It's about highlighting uh, awareness. Um, there's sort of various campaigns for change and um, uh, get, get, getting people more sort of um, understanding and familiar with, with, with what it's all about. You know, perhaps having a look at your units, perhaps um, trying to understand how you can start perhaps, um, you know, subconsciously start using a bit more alcohol, for example. And I think how, how we've responded to reaching out to people is, is just kind of gone digital. Um, we're doing some stuff on uh, Dear Albert TV um, this week. Uh, a lot of our groups, you now have to sort of log in from, from home, from your laptop, from your tablet, from, 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 from your sort of, uh, you know, devices. And uh, a lot of phone work, there's a lot of work being done um, over the phone. We've got various different WhatsApp groups. Um, so, yeah, there's been this um, a, a significant shift to delivering things from face-to-face to... -face to online uh, that's represented some challenges it's 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 opened up some possibilities but that that i would say that's the the, the, the main change we've seen since march that a lot of our delivery has, has gone online and mark is sorry no it's, i'm just going to say um you know uh, really um pleased with how dear albert has geared up to to the difficulties it's faced I mean, having um, you know the stairway, uh, being able to use this, this great building, uh, and all the nooks and crannies and rooms and equipment and stuff here, and then you know moving in here, and then shortly afterwards, um, a bit of a hammer blow with uh, obviously COVID coming, and we all have all had to be, you know change our behaviours. Um, but you didn't really wait around uh, for things to change. You tried to make the changes yourself, which you did do. And you know a lot of the services you're providing are, are, are digital, so um, mm. that's been fantastic. If I could just talk about Alcohol Awareness Week, if that's okay, yeah. just to say um, it's only one week, um, and in a way, you know, it could be every week, you know, in, in my view. But it's good to have a time where we can put the spotlight on on, on alcohol um, because it is really, actually, everybody's business alcohol. Because even if those people, you know, who aren't drinking, don't drink for whatever reason, like the people that are, you know, are no longer drinking or have never drunk, um, you know, alcohol affects the whole of society, um, you know, because of uh, the impact on families, um, the resources that are taken up, you know, whether it's in hospitals, the, the crimes committed from it, that affects everybody. 
Um, so it's really good to pause and reflect um, on what's on, on, on this substance, which you know, as people say, and this is a bit of a cliche. If it was, if it was uh, had been invented now, then it probably wouldn't be. Uh, you know, it would be on a list with a yes. uh, drug that you couldn't take, uh, be illegal. Um, but it, it's a good opportunity to reflect, uh, and, and for me also to reflect on the services that are available. Um, and we, you know, we are very lucky uh, in the city to have uh, some really, really good services. Uh, but we know, as I said earlier, that they're not able to reach out to all the people out there mm. that have issues with, with alcohol. And it may be actually the kind of digital way of doing things might enable us to reach out to more people. That, that was the question I wanted yeah, to yeah. ask you, uh, okay. uh, Mark. Um, you know, John mentioned the digital and, and the number of people we talked to and service providers. Mm. And in, we have to look at the positives out of COVID as well. Yeah. And I think this is one of the positives where the digital online you talk about tablets, people accessing recovery meetings, whether it's AA, mm -hmm. NA, through Zoom. They've mm -hmm. proved really popular where some mm -hmm. meetings, you was only getting 10, 15 people. Now I've been on Zoom meetings. Those meetings are attracting 60, 70 people. Mm -hmm. So is this something that is uh, you as commissioners will be looking forward to sort of enhance and encourage people to continue doing? I think we are definitely looking at it. Uh, we're taking soundings from people. So we've spoken to people about, so uh, for instance, you know, peers, Peers at uh, Dear Albert and uh, people that uh, are using turning point services as well. Their thoughts around um, what what difference has it made? Obviously, it's the best way, really, the only way you can divert, you know um, provide services at the moment. Uh, but going forward, when you know COVID is behind us, I'm sure it will be one day in some way. That thinking that actually we still need to get back to that right balance. Because what I don't want to do is to, is to think that actually we've got something here which is going to be the only way we're going to uh, provide services in the future um, digitally. Whilst it's, I think it's brilliant and it will open the services the front door to people that, have not, you know, that, that maybe don't want to come into the town centre, city centre or wherever to see someone, they can do it from their, you know, their own house if they've got access you know, to use that, etc. And they've got a platform they can use. But it is, um, it is, so that's really good. But I think what people have said to me also is that, um, you know, actually being in a group of people or meeting someone face to face, there's something from that which the digital Definitely. way can't give you. Yeah. Uh, and whilst we're using it at the moment quite rightly, you know, at some point we've got to go back to using it. But not to lose the good things about what's been happening at the moment. So I, I would want to see certainly you know, digital interventions carried on yeah. you know, indefinitely, but I think it's then a, it's a balancing act to, to see where we are in, in, in the future about how much of the face-to-face -face we can bring back and in what form. Because uh, I think people still, you know, people miss that. So what do you, what do you reckon to that? Are you, from Dear Albert's point mm. of view, are you, do you feel that people are missing that interaction, face-to-face -face interaction? Well, I, I, I think it's a fair point, and I think a lot of people are. And um, you know, we're just moving, as I'm sure the providers are as well, to a more uh, sort of um, emerged uh, model, um, where you can come in here on a Monday for the drop-in, for example. Um, you know, practice um, social uh, distancing, uh, be COVID secure, so that only sort of um, I think the room will accommodate six people. Uh, but we've configured the screens and the mics, and they've got a bit of IT. Um, uh, support and uh, you can um, sort of um, zoom into that 
meeting as well. So you've got sort of um, the best of both worlds okay. there. And I think this whole idea of um, uh, you know delivering recovery into into people's homes and avoiding some of the pitfalls of having to get to an appointment um, has, has has proved um, yeah uh, really successful. I don't know how long it will be successful in that. I don't know if there will be some kind of fatigue. Uh, people will start getting sick of the screens eventually. So that's why we agree uh, with, with with Mark that um, you know we don't we don't want to lose that real you know personal. Uh, social contact, you know, we're social animals, that's how we learn, that's how we grow, you know, we were talking early, earlier on about telling the stories and that's done best um, face to face. I think as well with Alcohol Awareness Week, um, you know, it, 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 a lot of it is about um, uh, uh, figures and sharing data and, you know, there's um, over 600,000 people in the UK that are problematically drinking. That's a lot of people, and the, the data that comes from Alcohol Awareness Week and the people behind it, they're telling us that you know only around 20% of that massive number are in treatment. And this is why Mark commissioners are so keen. It's like, well, where's the other 80%? How do we reach those people? What are you doing collectively, Mark, and, and yourselves from Dear Albert, and you know other services as well, uh, for people in and around Leicester? I mean, this podcast is hopefully going to go out to people from all over the UK. But for the people in Leicester, and I, I know you um, previously working with Delesh, you, you've done um, the recovery works, you've done football as well. Um, so as you can't do that this year. So what what are you doing this year um, to sort of promote alcohol awareness week and encourage people to stop drinking? Well, we're coming here, and uh, or you're coming here. We're, we're speaking to you yeah, guys. Uh, I, th I think this is um, helping, hopefully. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, a, a good example. <laughs> Um, I think to rewind a little bit, you know, some of the conversations um, earlier on in the year and last year, um, to sort of drill down a bit, you know, Mark talks about how to make um, treatment more um, accessible, uh, more viable, and um, to perhaps start sort of, you know, thinking about the different entry points um, and making it as sort of um, easy as possible for people, if not accessing, you know, structured treatment as such, at least have um, access to, um, you know, informed debates, um, information, a sort of a readiness to um, explore their, their their drinking in safe, non-judgmental environments. I think I think there is a movement towards um, greater um, sort of well-being uh, generally. Uh, to some in, to some extent, the lockdown has contributed to that. People have got more time on the hands yeah. there, and you know, considering. Um, sort of time to sort of uh, stop and, and, and contemplate around some of these things. And yet we've seen an increase in, in demand. You know, it's not been roses for everyone. People are, are, are locked up, you know, there's isolation, they're struggling on their own, anxiety, stress, depression. Um, or I think another issue is that um, perhaps um, a certain amount of drinking that was um, under the carpet or hidden or secret because people are more at home in lockdown yeah. it's come it's to come the surface, to the surface, it's yeah. come to the surface yeah. and um, um, I, 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 I think I think Leicester's got some great partnership work it's got some good sort of people involved so I, I think making treatment um, or, or access to sort of uh, more healthy options um, you know that's one thing we're, we're looking at um, we're looking at opening Leicester's first alcohol free bar for example that's taken a step back to the lockdown yeah. but again i can see how that would 
um, f f f facilitate. Um, um, you know, it's not just about counting units, and, and I think Alcohol Awareness Week will get you to be looking at the numbers on the cans, but it sort of goes a bit deeper. A bit Mark, deeper. What, what, that sounds a great idea. Alcohol-free bar. Yeah, no, so I, I think, think it's mad. Crazy. Idea. <laughs> um, um, because, you know, uh, promoting alcohol-free beverages um, and the experiences around that are, are, are really important because there are good alternatives out there, mm. um, and you can have a good time without drinking alcohol. Mm. Um, and people know that, um, but unfortunately some people you know, get into a habit where they are reliant on using alcohol uh, to do that and then the habit grows and, and they have all sorts of issues uh, from it. I mean it is important for us, going back to what I was saying about Alcohol Awareness Week, um, to put the spotlight on and, and, and in the city we, we want to do that. Um, we have a, a, a manifesto commitment in the City Mayor's Manifesto um, to develop a new um, alcohol uh, strategy uh, in, in Leicester City. Um, so we've, we've started the work on that and we had our first meeting um, um, last week around that and we're looking to you know to talk to many people to that be a, a conversation around how we can um, in, you know, improve access to services, make services um, as relevant to, to people as possible because there might be some people that you know don't have a uh, it's not a big issue at the moment necessarily, but uh, they are on the cusp, let's say, in the beginning, there are so few signs there, uh, either themselves, they're aware of it, or other people have pointed it out to them. Um, so we want the people to be able to, to get some advice and uh, uh, a chance maybe to reflect on their own situation, um, you know, rather than people think, you know, it's, um, rather than having labels and, and, and things like that put to them, which is, which is very hard. Because obviously we know for uh, there is an issue around stigma uh, around alcohol and drug drug, drug misuse, uh, and it's important for me I think that, that we kind of in a way normalise people taking getting advice for an alcohol issue. That uh, that's because it's mm -hmm. a drug and we're all human mm -hmm. and we're all going to be affected by it in some you know in some way if we take it. And for some people, it's the effect is bigger than, than for others. And it's it's you know it's there's nothing wrong about getting a bit of advice, a bit of information, just so you can think about your own situation. So I think I want to pause and reflect and use Apple Awareness Week for that. So there will be some information, uh, you know, but uh, but also we want want to you know think about people that have been through it uh, and um, you know are finding it particularly difficult at the moment uh, with uh, with various kind of lockdown situations and the impact on their own situation and so there might be some people clearly that now i think john was saying are are, are at a stage where they definitely do need some help you know and, and, and maybe hasn't you know lockdown has accelerated yeah it is smiley and i had yeah. this conversation <laughs> had this conversation just on tuesday with the lady um she's not in treatment she's a teacher and she was talking to me that she's been teaching for so many years because I see how people don't see it as a problem yeah. that I'm a teacher, that I come home every single night and I can drink up to three bottles of wine per night, but I can wake up and go to work and work perfectly normal and work with kids and there never to be a problem. Why am I not known as alcohol dependent? Why am I not targeted? Why are people not telling me I need help because I have a good job? Because I have a nice car, because I, my 
kids, kids are well dressed and they're well looked after. Why am I not classed or why am I not? Is, it, is there a certain type of people that you'd, you'd say they're alcoholics or that, they need support yeah, but isn't or they that need good, help? What well, you just said earlier, isn't that some of the stigma that's, that's attached to those problematic drinkers or the ones on the streets? Or, or, uh, yeah, I know. think people might have an image of what someone with a drink problem is, yeah. Yeah. Um, or who they are, what, what type of life they might lead, uh, what they might look like even. Yeah. Uh, whereas actually someone like you're describing uh, is, is, is probably more realistic in some respects, because people in, in every, obviously not everyone's lucky to have a job and, and stuff and, and relative stability like that. But that clearly is, a, is, is, is now at risk, I would imagine, because, I've said that situation, is at risk because of her, her drinking. Uh, and, you know, we, uh, over time that stability will, will, will shrink and instability will, will take its place, unfortunately. Uh, and it sounds like it's good that this yeah. person is seeking help, yeah, yeah. but you're of talking course, to them, that's a really good yeah. thing. It, what, <laughs> and the, the biggest fear factor, of, and yeah. the biggest fear factor that I have in that conversation, so you. We're talking about 20% of people out of the 600,000. She's one of the 80% that just, people just don't know or have no idea about there is services available or I do need help or I can get help. I think, How do we... well, to be realistic, come on. I think, I think if you're drinking three bottles of, of wine uh, on an evening, I think you, you, you know there's an issue there. I, I think the point might be, yeah, how, how, how do we connect the issue with the, the, the solution to it? And um, I, I think it's a good point that a lot of this um, uh, alcohol use is, is kind of hidden, yeah. you know, and it becomes more of a political issue if, if people street drinking, if there's, you know, um, uh, violence involved, crime, it sort of becomes visible. But until it's become... Sort of visible, yeah. How how do we sort of? Um, but these are these are those those functioning alcoholics, aren't they? That, that we sometimes talk about the functioning alcoholics, mm. and maybe they, this teacher friend comes under that category. Yeah. And but mm. and I think you know you must come across a lot of, quite a few. I know I know through the Seat Recovery Network, through the the pandemic, we've been having all sorts of people phoning, you know, and a lot of them have been professionals because mm. maybe this teacher. If it wasn't for the pandemic, I probably might have only been drinking one bottle of wine. But maybe some people have had more time to consume more. They start drinking yeah. earlier in the day, so they're starting at 12 o'clock, whereas <laughs> usually they start five or six o'clock. Yeah. Well, we, That's we, a good point. Yeah, and, you know, we sometimes see it as a, a sort of, um, you know, a detective at a, at a crime scene. You know, and what, 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 what's the detective looking for? Who yeah? Which detective are you? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Um, you don't have to give you any more. <laughs> uh, well, there's a few. There's a few inspectors I like, but yeah. the, and the, 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 I've got a few kind of factors in, in uh, Columbo, really. Yeah, I think yes. um, he has quite a sort of. Um, yeah. Too smart for Columbo. <laughs> well, yeah, he's a pretty smart cookie, yeah. Columbo. But what does Columbo look for? Yeah, he looks for opportunity, and clearly the lockdown has provided people. You know, there's an opportunity there to start drinking um, excessively. But I think under that as well, you know, what Clumbo will really want to know is motive. Mm. Yeah, who's, yeah, who's been motivated? Who, who's got the motive to carry out this crime? So what's really motivating people to sort of go tip the other side and start drinking more problematically? 
and I think that's where you know the some of the the, the work and the conversations. Um, you know, and it might be talking therapy. Um, you know, um, I, 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 I often think there's not enough sort of one-to-one -one work. You know, we don't do much one-to-one -one work. We do do one-to-one -one work. Um, but, you know, you can work with sort of in a, in a group setting, as you've said, you, you might get 60 people in a group, in a digital group, and, um, you know, it's a lot more resource intense mm. if you're working with people um, on, a, on an individual uh, basis. But what's really going on for that person? What are their worries? You know, what are their uh, concerns? Why does having more drink seem a, a viable option? You know, how do they get to the point where they justify and rationalise not just having one bottle, but two bottles, or in, in the example of your teacher, um, three bottles. And I think um, the, the, there's some sort of food for thought there and, and for us to contemplate what, what, what is it that um, is sort of generating that need to start drinking more and more alcohol. And hopefully, alcohol awareness, sorry, um, will kind of hopefully address a lot of these issues, won't they? People will start asking themselves these questions. How much am I drinking? Why am I drinking? What is the motive? So, that's fine. Yeah. I recognise that, that you know, for, for a lot of people, the, there are uh, pluses for drinking. You know, that that's what's you know, an important, really important part of their life. Mm. And, and, and to kind of let go of that mm. is is must feel very risky. And something they, they for a lot lot of people they, they feel um, you know they they don't really want to do because it's so much part of what they are. Um, and you know, even we know that people that do manage to to, to, to to stop drinking and, and are in recovery, there are a lot of challenges for them still around, mm. you know, keeping that and, and, yeah. and building their life. Um, so it's, you know, it's it's easy for us to say, someone to say, well, you've got to do something about drinking, whereas in fact their life's built around it and that, that they, there's so many positives for them. But I think it's, it's at, at least it's important to acknowledge that and giving someone the space to talk about that, and I think John's right. One-to-one -one work is is is, is really important. Um, and I think it is is it it, it is doesn't always work out, um, and, and that some people, you know, do rather you know do very well in, well in groups, and that's great. Uh, and, I, and I you know I can see certainly through mutual aid like like dear Albert does, it, it's really really important for people. But some people just need that one-to-one -one yeah. support, that um, that space that they can that the kind of privacy. But they also they can just they've got time and they feel they are um, they're validated they're welcomed there and they've got the opportunity to to offload and can, support. Can I just ask you both yeah. a question on you know I know Mark you've got a very important job and a very challenging job as well with uh, delivering some of the services you do and, and working with the um, services but how important is it for both of you to work with uh, services such as the Seat Recovery Network, the more culturally empathic that are focusing on, on one particular community and, and, and how do you see, you know, even post-COVID working together with these the people like ourselves, Turning Point, Dear Albert, you know, and trying to combine them together and try and work together so we can address some of these cultural issues. It's really, really important. I'll just mm. say, first of all, I think I've got an easy job compared to the guys, really. Um, I agree with you there, Mark. <laughs> I agree with you. Really, I, I've got an easy one. There are challenges, obviously, but comparatively, I think it's easy compared to people that are delivering services. Um, it's really, really important that we build those relationships. So this is a great opportunity, um, you know, to do that. Uh, and I know, um, you know, that without wanting to embarrass Dilesh too much, 
Um, you know, the work that you know Dilesh has done over the last uh, years, months, around developing relationships in, in, in Leicester City with different groups that have already existed, like like the Seek Recovery Network, uh, but also um, the groups, you know, Spinney Hill Recovery Group, for instance. Um, that's I mean, that's not been you know around alcohol, but that's been around sort of substances. Um, that's that's really important um, because it is the communities themselves. That I think you know have been, and we want to encourage to more mm. develop the kind of strength and resources to to deal with this issue. Um, the work that Dilesh you know that, that you've been doing is to help build bridges between different groups that are working in different communities with our main treatment provider, let's say our you know, service provider, at turning point. And, and that's important um, because for some people, it, it, you know, what, 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 um, what our main service is able to provide may not, on, on at first glance, appear to be the right kind of service for them. I mean, it, there's going to be a lot of benefits if they do, but it just might not strike the right chord uh, on the surface. So it's important that a lot of work's done uh, in the back, if you like, to 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 look at um, what what messages are, are out there and how people deal with things like, you know, uh, stigma and, and, and making people aware of situations that they're in. Uh, and I think that's that's really important. I think we have in the past, um, you know, commissioned um, specialist staff, which is really important, to go out into different groups and to to, to do that work. And that's an important part of it, but I, and that work's been really good. But I think what we've got this time, on top of what we've had in the past, we've had a, a partnership across the communities. That um, it's not about doing a service to a community; it's actually helping the communities to grow mm. and to respond in, in, in strength, with in, in partnership, and including with Dear Albert as well. So that's that's what I like about this approach. Um, you know, it's it's more. Um, uh, organic. It sounds a bit of a cliche, but, but I think that's the only way it's it's going to work, really. Mm, but I like that because yeah. I think the more organic it is, the more chances mm. it's, it's going to work. I think mean, sometimes if we force it, mm. it doesn't really happen, does it? And I think, mm. uh, I can even say that the amount of times I've tried to force knocking on people's doors and getting into communities, I've been knocked back and knocked back and knocked back. Sometimes it's difficult where relationship with yourself, Spinny Hill, we just we 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 just connected and we progressed. Mm -hmm. And you guys are already Seek Recovery Network, we're already doing a great service throughout the whole of the UK. And for me it was looking to just jump on that opportunity and take advantage of where I could. I'm guessing that's the same with, with um Dear Albert and the Stairway project, it's taking advantage of projects that are already out there and established. Can you just I mean, you've mentioned the Stairway Project a few times, and I know um, John did as well. Can you just, what is the Stairway Project for people who don't know? Uh, well, how we describe the Stairway Project is that it's Leicester's uh, community rehab. So, um, COVID to one side, it had a, a sort of a, 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 an open door um, uh, sort of policy or, or, or approach. Um, the Stairway Project is sort of designed, it's run, it's managed by people in recovery. So it's about a hub for the recovery to uh, come together and um, to, 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 to share what works for people and yeah, to address some of that 
um, stigma. I, I think there's an element of taking, you know, responsibility for your own situation. It's not it's not just about waiting for some sort of service or provider to land on your doorstep. <clears throat> you know, we're responsible for our own. Um, recovery. I think, as we all know, Leicester's such a creative, diverse um, city, and you know, alcohol doesn't discriminate either. No, you know, it, 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 it can affect yeah, anyone yeah. at any time. And there's so much um, learning that's starting to take place and that continue um, to take place. Uh, we're very lucky to have the Stairway Project because, um, as Mark mentioned earlier, it is quite a big venue and there's opportunities for different individuals, individuals within a community are always important, you know, they can be the sparks, the drivers that make things happen, that can uh, build those um, original um, bridges and, uh, and then there's, there's a genuine, honest uh, desire uh, for, for, for communities, different communities to come together, to share what works for them, to learn um, from each other, and it's it's, it's a really powerful and, and wonderful thing that I can I, I can see happening. But yeah, it does take time. Where, where is it? Where is it? Where is the stairway project for those people who don't know? The, the stairway project is at 68 uh, Humberston Gate, so it's pretty much central. It's just down from Sainsbury's, yeah. uh, kind of opposite <laughs> the Highfields taxi rank in the middle of the road. <laughs> and guess what? Just round the corner. Um, from, from from turning point, um, who, who have you know, and Mark, the commissioners, you know, we really um, appreciate that the, the support we, we've been given. And if I was in recovery and I wanted support from the stairway project, dear Albert, how how do I get that support? How, how do I yeah. Well, you can go to the stairwayproject.co.uk. Uh, the website's there. We're trying to de develop the website all the time, and that's got um, it's got the 0800 number on it. You can call the 0800 number, um, and the, the stairwayproject.co.uk will have uh, the menu, uh, the digital online menu, where you can start connecting with with um, people in recovery to help address that um, isolation. Uh, you're not alone. To 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 tap into to some. Um, hope and to some solutions you know very often the thing with drinking is you end up with a with a big problem uh, we don't want to be in the problem uh, we want to be in the solution so, yeah. can I just say that I, I've been here now a few times to this uh, uh, venue the Deer Arbor and it really is impressive you know some of the facilities that you've got here are fantastic and and is that where the alcohol free bar is going to be as well Yes, we, we very much no, we, we very much hope so. Uh, yeah. we, we, we're quite excited about it. You know, it has taken a bit of a, a kicking because um, how we've all had to you know respond to COVID. Mm. Uh, but I, I, you know, you, you see, play, you know, not, Nottingham's got so bar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. But so we we we, we want to show Nottingham that we we can have an alcohol-free bar um, <laughs> as, as well. Yeah. I'm just thinking, when can the Seek Recovery Network and myself? Take, do our Christmas party at this at this yeah. bar. When can we take? When can we make a booking? Hey, well, that that would be absolutely, you know, I fantastic. I want to get there first. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I I think that kind of um, approach will 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 help the different communities, you know, um, come together. And um, yeah, it's um, it's it's a it's a work in progress, and but it's a, a collective uh, uh, endeavour. Can I just say also, I think the building is absolutely fantastic, but the people are even more fantastic that work here. Uh, lots of volunteers. It, is, it just rubs off on you. It's fantastic coming here and meeting people. And I think, I think that's spot on as well, because every time we've come in, they've been so welcoming, warm, yeah. and uh, always ask us for a coffee. 
And me and Tom, we had a coffee today and it was great. So, no, they really are yeah, fantastic, he, honestly. He, he, just... Even walking past the building and we sort of walking past Simon, walking past John, walking past, they're always polite. They're always mm. polite. Hello, how are you doing? Always have a conversation in it. <laughs> no, it's good I, I to hear that. It's quite, it can be a little bit more hectic behind the scenes, to be fair yeah. with you, but uh, <laughs> I think people should be yeah, yeah. Well, I think, John, people should, you know, from, from any community should feel confident walking in here. Um, feeling that they can get support and, and it doesn't matter what background they're from there's people speaking Urdu, uh, Punjabi and we're all supporting each other as well with this project so you know the Seat Recovery Network are supporting you Turning Point and, and it's working together like, like Mark said and it's going to be a lot more value in, in this if we all mm. work together I think that's where Absolutely got, I think that's where I've got one last question I think I'd like to ask you Jez what do you think we, as a recovery community, we as a, as a support service in Leicester can do? I know you've been in recovery yourself for 11 years, drinking a litre bottle, bottle of vodka when you was in your hard time. What do you think we should be doing more? What, can what, we do? what should Leicester be doing more? What, as, as, as four here, we've got Mark, we've got um, John work, and myself. Work, work together. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah. I think you just continue working together, irrespective, and share ideas. And I think working with you guys, Turning Point, Mark, and dear Albert has just proved that we, you know we can build those bridges and recovery is possible we are the solution absolutely as addicts as you as service providers you know together we are the solution and, and and that's what people need to get hope from there's people you know people like you in this room now are providing that hope for those people who are struggling out there you know whether it's covid or even after covid before covid and for me that's the most exciting thing that we've proved that working together for you Dilesh to openly admit when you saw that poster, who the hell is this guy, you know, <laughs> stepping into Leicester and then reaching out, you could have easily just binned it and be resentful, but you did, you reached out and we've proved that working together, mm -hmm. there is absolute value in that yeah. and, and it's great. Brilliant. Absolutely yeah. agree with that. I think it's normally your last question that you always ask. Yeah, I've got, I've got two questions for Mark, but just one for you, uh, John. <laughs> what, what, what are you under the influence of today? Um, well, I... I um, Don't say a, Colombo. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a it's a good question, and um, I think what am I under the influence of? I I'm just I honestly think I'm under the influence of uh, you know the compassion, the passion, the energy of recovery, of of of, of sharing time and space with people, um, you know, that have overcome uh, quite significant um, personal problems, uh, problems with addiction. Uh, that we're here uh, for each other and not just talking about community uh, but being part of one is what's Magic. driving me here. Mark, <laughs> firstly, which detective are you? Oh, gosh. <laughs> what detective? Yeah. Oh, blimey, so many Inspector aren't. Gadget. <laughs> well, I play, I, I, I used to play, play the violin, so maybe Sherlock Holmes. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, well, that goes a bit. Sherlock and Columbo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Right, second one, same question for you. What are you under the influence of today? Um, well, I think uh, the compassion and commitment that's here around the table, mm. certainly. I mean, I've worked, uh, I've worked in services for years, and I've commissioned services for years, and, and like lots of people, I, I know people in my personal life that have had issues as well. Um, and, and, that, and that drives me. I've, I've, you know, I've, I've, I've known people that, that sadly haven't um, mm. Know, taken the help and um, mm. when they could have done, and you know, um, and, and life's gone downhill very rapidly for them. 
but other people that have done amazingly and, and have, have taken that step and have gone, you know, gotten stronger and stronger and they've been ups and downs but they've done a fantastic job in, in building a recovery in their lives and that for me continually gives me inspiration around particularly now in, in, in times of Covid where loads of people are struggling for obvious reasons and you see that, that, that people are in recovery now have managed to pre-Covid have managed to push themselves through such a difficult their own their own kind of Covid lockdown, if you like, pre-Covid, if you know what I mean, because you know, it must have been so difficult for them. But they managed to get through, probably with some support, and, and, and now they're in recovery. I'm not saying it's easy for them. But when people tell their stories, which people do here, uh, and you know, like when we had the virtual recovery week, there were people telling their stories, that, that was really inspirational. Yeah. And just one whiff of that keeps me going. <laughs> I don't know if I can say for some time. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for your time, and once again, thank you, Dilesh, for like joining so us. We'll make sure that we put all the links, all the data, all the information to refer into Dear Albert down at the link right. So anybody wants to wants to find out more, check it out and set link. Thank you. Hey, thanks, guys. Thank you.